Algar Productions. Welcome to the Post-Atomic Horror, the most comprehensive Star Trek podcast ever produced, with your hosts, Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 400, covering Such Sweet Sorrow with Brian Lynch. Hi friends, here we are at episode 400. Take that, all other podcasts. That's a that's a thing that yeah. that we can say we made it, and you know, plus the supplementals, it's actually more than that. And this was our backup podcast. So I was we, gonna we, say I loved your your tweet this morning that was like, not only is this our 400 podcast, but on the other podcast. Yeah, this was this was the second one that we launched. The one we do in our spare time. Yeah. So you know, our side hustle's doing pretty good, I think. Uh huh. I like and, it. Uh, yeah, well, you know, you, you should because you're on it. Like uh-huh. that's that's sort of a prerequisite, right? Or no, I guess everyone hates the sound of their own voice. Never mind. If I if I hated the sound of my own voice that much, I wouldn't have my own show. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm used well, to it save, by now. Save that for the end, Mister Mayor. <laughs> so hey, no mayor here. There's no mayor of Star Trek. <laughs> I don't know about no mayor. <laughs> mayor. <laughs> There is, and he's played by Jeffrey Coombs. Combs. Yeah, you know what? That's fair. oh yeah, Combs. It's Combs. Damn it, Combs. It's it's a force of habit thing. Um, so real this bad when he this, gets on the show. This should have been the season finale of Discovery as well, mm-hmm. which would have been a nice bit of you know us saying episode four hundred, yay! Also, we're all caught up again, yay! But uh, they added one, and uh, Matt and I very much disagree on this, but I I think it really feels like they added one. It feels it feels like uh, hmm, you you really really needed a whole extra episode for this, huh? But uh, I I really like this one. Matt Looks enjoyed like it. Looks like it's up to me to be the tiebreaker. Uh huh. So why don't you first tell us what happens in uh, the the very appropriately titled? I guess I don't even know anymore. Such salty sorrow. Such, such sweet sorrow. That's tough. Such savory sorrow. <laughs> yes. Such umami <laughs> sorrow. This is the name of all of my cookbooks. <laughs> Go, right. please, Brian. <clears throat> well, I can tell you this. It's so nice to be able to relax and watch some Star Trek after spending a month doing nothing but theater. And, oh, hey, one with a Shakespeare title. Uh, well, once more onto the breach, dear friends. We open up on the con officer of the USS Defiant. He's been transported to the early 21st century and is going through screening at an airport, little knowing that he's about to board a nonstop flight into the twilight. Oh, wait, I'm on the other CBS All Access show. Hold on. <laughs> let me just. Uh... Ah, there we go. Okay. We join a disco under duress as the crew are hastily gathering their personal effects to abandon their control-compromised ship and chill on the Enterprise for a while. Stamets has to leave his mushrooms, Culber has to leave his precision beard trimmer, and Michael has to leave her Ash Tyler. No, damn it, he made it over. (laughs) She does take a hit off the time rock before she goes, though. That's probably not going to come back on her. On the Enterprise, the camera lingers just long enough on everything to make all the sensible fans drool and all the tedious fans write 4,000-word blog posts about how it's the wrong shade of orange. Number one relinquishes control back to, of the ship back to Pike, and Saru makes a mental note to get drunk with her and commiserate about how nice it is to be captain once in a while. <laughs> once they're a safe distance from Disco, they initiate the auto-destruct, but where's the ship-shattering kaboom? <laughs> oh, Control, you've done it again. Michael gets a time flash at this point and sees Control storming the bridge and killing the crew. Everyone gets a death scene, which I guess is nice for an actor. Reese carries on the Grand Wharf tradition of being useless when somebody attacks the bridge. Detmer gets shot in the head, which just seems mean. And Wooshikun slides down her console after getting hit, which... Okay, that's a bit silly. 
The crew comes up with a plan to take Disco out of the space-time continuum and send it to the far-flung future in order to thwart Control's wicked schemes. I'm not going to go into detail, but the gist of it is basically, we're the main characters, so it'll probably just work out. Then somebody calls from the bridge to say, Captain, there's something here you should see. Hoo <laughs> well, I am watching Star Trek. <laughs> anyway, it turns out a fifth signal has shown up because they're the main characters and stuff just works out. But also, Control's ships are five minutes away. Number one has fitted the shuttles with advanced weapons and taken the precaution of ordering some new tactical flyers. I'm impressed, Pike says to her. Sure is nice when a first officer is allowed a chance at command without interference and unnecessary oversight, Saru says to no one in particular. <laughs> Fortunately, the signal brought them to the home of Tilly's science genius friend Poe from the Short Treks. Poe beams aboard to eat ice cream, talk about boys, braid each other's massive amounts of hair, and tell them how to travel through time. They learn that there's a possibility that if Michael brings the ship into the future, she won't be able to come back. Oh no, then the show would be all about Saru, Tilly, Jet, and the bridge folks. Don't throw us into that briar patch. Ugh, briar patch. Sarah and Amanda show up to say goodbye, which I guess they can just do. I haven't been the ideal father, says Sarek. What? No, say Michael, Amanda, and Spock in unison. <laughs> As Michael heads off to go to the Back to the Future, she is met by all the characters that I like, but without Linus. But with that bughead dude, also Ash Tyler is there. They're going to crew Discovery for her and join her in the future, because she deserves all the help she can get. And also, let's be honest, the more main characters, the better the odds of survival. Things do just sort of work out for them. Also, Ash Tyler is there. But he's not coming after all. Huh, the spinoff's looking better all the time. Come on, Season 3. Let's have all the cool people crashed on a planet in the future. I mean, Lost in Space stole a bunch of you from, uh, a bunch from, let me try that again. Lost in Space stole a bunch from you in the 1960s. It's time for you to steal back. This week on The Twilight Zone, Adam Scott fights an evil podcast or something. I don't know, I haven't finished watching it yet. I ended up liking that evil podcast episode. I actually really did. I did finish well, watching it. I liked it a lot. If there's, two, if there's two things you enjoy, it's Adam Scott and a podcast, so. <laughs> and, and The Twilight Zone. Yeah, the, I've watched I watched all three episodes, uh, and uh, I like them all. Yeah, mm -hmm. I haven't first, seen the first third one, one. I thought was a little uneven, but the second one uh, and the third one were very. Twilight. I think the first one was just a little too long. Yeah, mm -hmm. it uh, you, you get to the point of that one real quick, but also yeah. I really like Kumail Nanjiani. So oh, he's he's delightful in that. Yeah, I don't know. I felt like they were like they instead of revealing the twist at the end, they revealed the twist early on, and then it was kind of playing with the concept, and I liked that. But but that's not the show we're here to talk about. Although, uh, before we go, I would just like to say, good work, Tracy Morgan. You look good. I was about to say Tracy Morgan as the devil. Like, he yeah, perfect. He, he creeped me out, like, a yeah. lot. Yeah! That is a, that is a standard Twilight Zone. Like, the, every uh -huh. fifth episode of the Twilight Zone had some guy showing up who's basically the devil. And mm -hmm. good of them to get that out of the way right out of the shoot and to cast Tracy Morgan. That is perfect. And yep. honestly, it looks like Stephen Young's going to be doing that in the next episode also. But instead, we're not talking about the Twilight Zone. Instead, we're, we're talking, talking about this about show. We're talking about Becker. Yes. Wait, what? No. Uh, this week on Becker, it turns out that Becker is in the good place. Turns out, turns out Becker hasn't been on for like 15 years. It lives on Someone needs to tell Becker. Uh, so Matt and I are uh, very disagreed about this one, I would say. Yep. I did not care for it. I thought it was kind of a waste of time. You really loved it. I, re I had so much fun watching this one. This is the episode where we finally get... All of the character shit I've been wanting all ep all fucking season. Everything slows the fuck down so people can talk about how much they love each other. And I was very happy. See, or in some people's cases, not love each other. 
I felt like everyone was telling each other they loved each other and it was very emotionally manipulative because they were saying goodbye because they all think they're going to die or go away forever and we all know that's not going to happen. So See, that's the thing. You know that it's not thing. going to happen. Yeah. The characters yes, don't. I'm the one watching the show. The show should be geared toward me, the viewer. Well, now you're just being selfish. I know. I guess that's true. <laughs> Like, okay, this stuff happens off camera, but if you're going to make me cry about something that's not even sad, what's the point? The it just, point is bugged. that you cry in the moment. Yeah. This bugged me. This is my bad thing. This is why Fair you enough. had to add a 14th episode of the season, and more importantly, not have us reach episode 400 as, he, as we once again catch up to the entirety of Trek canon. Like, there were good character moments. I, I absolutely agree with that. And some nice fan service. And a whole lot of pointlessly saying goodbye when we know full well everyone's coming back. If they didn't take Spock with them, I'd think, okay, who knows? Maybe the ship's gonna, like, maybe the show's just gonna move to the future. That'd be cool. Are they gonna Lost but in Space it? Yeah. I, uh, that's Meet fine. Meet that sexy robot. <laughs> the problem is, when you say Lost in Space it, what you're really saying is Voyager it. Well, yeah. But on like, a planet. Star Trek did Lost in Space already. But, that's a fair I don't know. Point. It just, it felt like last episode ended with all these Section 31 ships closing in. This episode ended with all those Section 31 ships closing in. Like, it clearly felt like they just shoehorned this episode in. Like I will say that it for does feel like time. they pasted it on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that the King of Town's very own popular cartoon show reference? <laughs> the King of Town's very own quite popular cartoon show. Oh, excuse the <laughs> hell out of me. But I, you know, cartoon show. But I don't want to, you know, I don't want to just, like, disparage the episode because there were a lot of good things in it. I just, like, big picture-wise, it bugged me. But Sure. But in the moment, there were a lot of really great scenes. I'll, I'll definitely give you that. And now's the time where I reveal that I'm going to be the most useless guest ever and agree with both of you. Um, <laughs> it, honestly, if I had to come down on one side of the thing, I would actually side with Matt. I really loved this episode because okay, of all the little fan servicey bits. Because of all the uh, delightful uh, interplay between these characters that I like, mm. um, you know, anytime they give Jet Reno something to do in an episode, I'm super yes. happy. Uh, oh, man. I do agree that maybe the goodbye stuff went a little too long. Like, one big goodbye scene, fine. Pike's big goodbye scene, super earned. Well, obviously, he's not going to be leaving. the captain anymore. Yeah, yeah like, we know like, he's not coming back. So that yeah. one actually had stakes. But then, no, but Sarek and Amanda showing up to say Sa goodbye to Mike. Come on. The two that I didn't need were Sarek and Amanda and Ash Tyler and Michael having goodbyes and doing sloppy beard kisses. Um, I mean, in the yeah. spirit of the show, it should be there. It's just that Ash Tyler yeah. is so fucking terrible. But well, like, the bits where they were all like uh, sending their goodbye messages to all their miscellaneous family and loved ones... Particularly Tilly sending one to her mom where she's like, I hope you were proud of me, but if you wasn't, I was. <laughs> and I think I you can see, at least appreciate that. Uh -huh. See, the thing is, I liked a lot mm -hmm. of that, but then a lot of it just reminded me how little we know. Like, Awoshikin is talking to people like, okay, we heard that her family are Luddites and she mm -hmm. joined Starfleet. Presumably there was some conflict there. That's pretty cool, but we don't mm -hmm. know anything about that. And then it's like, uh, Detmer's talking Detmer to this person. named Tazzy. Which is, like, okay, what, like, uh, well, that 10-second reference is all you get. I want to know so much about Detmer, and what you get is that 10-second letter home. And it's like, come on, this is, all you're doing is reminding me that I don't know anything about this character, and I still don't. See, I just take that as, like, oh, fuck, yeah, more information on Detmer. I'll take 10 seconds of, uh, of nothing. I want an episode about her, man. Yeah, me too. I fucking love that character. Instead of chasing after the old man time baby growing time crystals on a tree... 
I want oh, fucking... old man baby time baby. <laughs> yeah. Old man time baby. He don't I mean, say nothing. Something. Do you... I don't remember the words of that song it's, well it enough. Was old, it was old man time, baby, the whole time. <laughs> and I would have gotten away with it, too. If it, it wasn't for Kalish. Not to do it in the Klingon accent. Uh, and to yes. Kuvma. The Klingon accent that no Klingon has ever had until now. Yep. I miss the days when the Klingons were all just Russian. <laughs> the uh... Gulag planet of Rurapente. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're learning to speak Klingonese. Klingonese, yeah. Klingo- Garbage. Uh, yeah. Half the but- quadrant knows it. <laughs> I think I was doing an impression of that guy when I was when I was doing the sarcastic voyage. I said it was Charlton Heston. I think it was Corex. <laughs> no, that's fine. Also good. Uh, it sounds like fucking Jonas Venture Jr., man. Yeah, but we're the Venture Brothers. Shouldn't we do it together? <laughs> <laughs> there, that moment between Michael and Lieutenant Bag, I don't even remember all the names we have for him anymore, though. Just uh, Lieutenant Bag Tyler. Yeah, I'm just so tired. And I, the only good thing that came out of him still being on the show is Matt has developed a delightful new impression of him. Yeah. <sighs> the sound of him spraying his hot heater breath all over the bridge. <laughs> You sort of like that kid in Bobby Hill's class. <sighs> I really liked at the end when he was talking to Pike and he was like, uh, Pike was like, listen, I'm sorry I gave you such a hard time. And he's like, do you trust me? And I really wanted Pike to go, what? No, God. No, I, no, 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 no. No, you're, 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 you can stay on the ship. Yeah. The end. And he's, Actually, and then what I he says, go, uh, I have to go somewhere and do something secret. Because yeah. apparently we can all just leave from here whenever we want and come back. Well, the Sarex just came in and left again, so... Yeah, right. Bah. Get a ride Fucking... on a jellyfish ship. Fucking Section 31 going full blast to try and catch up with these guys, and the, the Sarek family car just shows up to, hey, we're here to visit. Oh, and the Enterprise, like the, the flagship of the fleet, presumably one of the fastest ships, if not the fastest ship, trying to race there to save them because they don't have a spore drive. They have to get there the long way. And the Sarex Dinner- just... Is Enterprise the flagship yet? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Nah, I thought they, it was the flagship a, uh, until uh, TNG. They they mentioned it as the. Uh, I, I don't think they had it. I think that's one of those things that like they like established later, but I don't think they ever I, actually said it. I think they okay, but mention... it's one of the most powerful ships because Pike's all upset that they got, had to sit out the war, and the whole point yeah. was they sat out their their best asset for the war because they needed it. Well, mm-hmm. and because they were on their uh, their five year mission, and so they were like the fanciest new ship at the time when they left. Right. But it was like their secret plan, like if the war went really badly, to have their best ship ready to, like, save the day, which mm-hmm. is why he had to sit out the war, which I like that. But <laughs> If we all die, Pike will come in and save us. I mean, we've, I will, yeah. Yeah, We've got a fancy would. new ship. It's got handles in the turbo lifts, and it's covered mm-hmm. in chicken wire and dark orange or possibly red accents. Well, we did they, take out all the holograms, though, so... Uh... They made a point of saying that again. Turn to the camera. No holograms, nerds. Okay. And there never shut will up. be. Yeah. So shut up, nerds. But but the Enterprise we burned them. This is this is your good thing, right, Matt? Hmm? Oh yeah. Fuck, man. I could look at the new Enterprise all day. It is a perfect redesign of the old ship while still looking like it fits into the Discovery universe, and it's unique from the Trek 09 Enterprise, and I love it. It's, I thought uh... it looked a lot like the the Trek 09, like not in a bad way, but it, it felt very influenced by the. Uh... By the I can see pretty gorgeous. That, that big like... loop in the ceiling, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
it's less like there's I mean there's none of the hologram uh view screens or any or not well, view right. screens uh control panels. Right. No, I I I enjoyed it as well and and for me a lot of it is about the uh the sound effects which oh, were yeah. were on point. That was very good. Launching uh-huh. those photon torpedoes with that doo doo. Yep. It's just oh, I'm so happy. This this is my like pew, pew, pew. super Shut up, Reese. Pew. <laughs> He's one of those guys like um, Ewan McGregor who just says yes. it every time. Shut up, Reese, or possibly Bryce. Yeah. No, one of my, Reese. like, deep nerd nitpicky things, this is like the uh, the, the ceiling fan for you, Matt, mm-hmm. is there is a next-gen sound effect that they use sometimes. I, I think it's like when the screens activate or something. It's like, oh, they don't have that sound yet. Stop it. <clears throat> really bugs me. I really love the how... How much of a sound guy you've become over the ten years we've been making podcasts? Uh, it's been it's been longer than that. I just now have a place to channel it. Is all sure. I definitely <laughs> did notice the last time I rewatched a few random episodes from the other series is that, yeah, TNG specifically has this very distinctive like electronic like chirpiness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you go over to Deep Space Nine, I guess because they were on the Cardassian ship, it's more sort of like low tones. Right. Cardassians don't like chirpiness. Yeah. Yep. No, I mean the only chirping they like to hear is the chirping of the canara birds as they squeeze <laughs> the oil out of their feathers. Uh, excuse me, uh, Brian. It's canaries. <laughs> of course it is. Oh god, that's canon now. Yeah. Well, it's Endeavor canon for sure. <laughs> I I count it. Okay. Uh, but speaking of like the visual, the whole look of the Enterprise and all that stuff, uh, Brian, this is your good thing, yeah. Uh, yes, actually, this is a very minor thing, and th- there was quite a few good things. Uh. But uh, the docking corridors were really cool. Um, yeah, at one they point, were. Enterprise uh, and Discovery dock, and they just sort of like each of them has four little ports, and they open up the ports and stretch out these little collapsible bridges um, mm-hmm. between them, and then the bridges extend and get little force fields over them, and people mm-hmm. just walk across. Multiple times in multiple Star Trek series, they have shown ships docking, and it has always looked stupid and awkward because these ships are not built to be able to dock. Yeah. Yep. And they finally fixed that by being like, I don't know, what if we just stuck a bridge over to the other side instead of trying to figure out a way to get the ships to touch? Well, mm-hmm. it's it's instead a lot of us like touching how... the ships together, have the ships just touch each other. It's it's a lot like how ships at sea would do mm-hmm. that, where you just like put a you know like basically a rope bridge between the two of them and walk yeah. across. Yeah, exactly. And a little, so cool. little gangway. Yeah. yeah. I no, I like that a lot too. And there were a lot of shots of like what I love are like perspective shots where mm-hmm. you see people in the windows and things like that. Like you zoom in so close that you can see. Okay, I'm not just looking at a model. This is where the people are supposed to be on this thing. I yeah. love when you can see little people walking around in the windows on Star Trek ships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they did that with these corridors you're talking about. They they yeah. zoomed in close enough where you can see people going across. I'm like, oh, those are bigger than I thought they were. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. It was. No, that that was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Um. I was a little irritated that we got number one for like a split second. She had like two lines. Like my, I was excited. We're going back to the Enterprise. Great, finally, we get to we spend some actual time with number one this time. No, not really. Yeah, not really. And she's yeah. she's there. I, that bugs I, me. Like such a like, if you're gonna explore this era of Trek, that is a character that is fascinating, and I want to mm-hmm. know more about. And yeah, okay, let's let's do that. Let's let's learn about her. Now nah, we're not going to do that. Well, Here's yeah, more Spock. you were you were saying she's she was doing that Carol Cleveland thing from uh, yeah. Monty Python. Yeah, that's my only line. <laughs> this is my only line. Quiet, but it's my only line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's just such a, and we all know like Rebecca Romaine would be up to it. Like what she's done in the show yeah. seems 
good, but yeah. they haven't given her anything. It's it's ah, it's disappointing. You know, number one, she's a first officer and she likes cheeseburgers. <laughs> she's got a big truck she likes to work on. She's got, a, she's got an old truck she likes to work on. No, she's got uh, fancy new little fighters that she added to the ship that she likes to work on. Here's that, here's that is, here's the thing. Yeah, couldn't we have replaced braces with number one? Uh, maybe it like seems, if it, it seems like braces like, might be a, a new part of our our crew actually. Which oh, yeah, I'm no, fine she's, with. She's I like staying. braces. They, they specifically yeah. said. Yeah. I was just like. We went into this season and like there was such this huge like, hey, we got Pike and we got number one. They're coming yeah. over from the cage. We haven't seen either of these characters since uh, since the pilot. And now they're going to be regulars. Right. We never saw number one again. And it would be so easy to have made her yeah. what, what basically what Braces was for the entire mm. season. No, because well, I like be running the ship, Dr. Boyce. Yeah, probably. Or <laughs> Piper. I think he was supposed to retire anyway. Like, I think mm. the cage happened like five years ago, and I think he just retired or probably died of old age. <laughs> he he was an ancient man. Yes, exactly. I'm a doctor. I mean, he made, he made like, bones look young and spry. Yeah, right. And also, he kept bringing Pike booze in his quarters and just like, I this has got to stop. I, I, I drive a spaceship to work every day. <laughs> look, I got my one-month chip. You got to knock it off, okay? Yeah, right. I'm doing the steps. <laughs> Right, you some old dairy and whiskey, my boy. <laughs> Get you some what? Denebrian heroin. <laughs> oh, Want no. some rye? Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're talking about the cage again. Yeah. <laughs> we'll never I, um, escape. It never goes away. That's why it's called the cage. Uh-huh. I just got that. <laughs> yeah, the real cage is the podcast we made along the way. <laughs> yep. For 400 episodes. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I, episodes I, by the time you're finished. Yeah, yeah. I um, I, I wish we'd see more of her, but I do like Non, and I do like like she ends up coming over to Discovery, and it occurred to me, oh right, since they killed off what's her name last season, we don't have a sort of a permanent security character. It'd be nice mm-hmm. to have mm-hmm. someone in that role that we know. So hopefully we keep her. Yeah. Reese slowly puts his hand down in the background. Oh, is he not? <laughs> is he security? He's he's well, he's tactical. I have no idea. I can do two jobs. Shut up. <laughs> we've we've reviewed every episode of Star Trek, and we write our own Star Trek fanfic, and I still don't know what any of the jobs are on a starship. I'm terrible just at this. Well, it's because every time I, I try to tell you, you yell at me. <laughs> I just don't care that much. <laughs> Dear Al, shut up, Brock. <laughs> um, For so... the last time, this is what an ops is. Oh, don't care. <laughs> oh. So, my good thing was... Colt, yeah, was by the way, uh, I looked it up. It was Colt in the... Uh, I don't know why we, we all thought it was Piper. It's Yeoman Colt. Uh, well, there, there is a Piper also. Oh, is there like, also a Piper? Okay. Yes, was there he the, definitely was he the, I was, was he the Was no, he the Colt, little boy who lived there? No, that was Jose Maybe. Tyler. Uh, there is Lieutenant definitely Lay a Piper, Tyler? but there's a... Uh, yes, Lieutenant Ash Piper. <laughs> Now, my good thing is, speaking of, like, characters that uh, sort of being added to the uh, ensemble, like, I thought it was a little contrived. I kind of liked that the shorts were these self-contained things. And mm-hmm. it was, I thought it was a little contrived that they kept bringing everything back. But that's, that that said, like, putting that aside, uh, bringing Poe back was fantastic. Yep. Her po. relationship with Tilly is great. And her, just her whole deal is something I enjoy watching. Like, this sort of child genius who's also in charge of a planet who has, like, sort of doesn't really care about social cues she knows them she's Mm -hmm. not like you know 
she's not like oblivious, sort of like they write Tilly, but she knows she just doesn't care. She has this great moment where she smacks down emperor genocide. She's like, you know what? I'm a queen and I don't have to put up with any bullshit. So I'm not going to put up with your bullshit. Shut up. <laughs> yes. Finally, someone says it. George was just like, I used course, to be a queen. Yeah. yeah Jet yeah. was a hundred percent on board with. <laughs> oh yeah. No, we, we get like sort of the disco dream team here. Mm-hmm. It's like, Ooh, Jet Reno again. Ooh, Poe again. Yep. Like very good. We were talking about too. She sticks around at the end of this episode, so hopefully more of her yeah, going into season. That's three. what I'm saying. Like, not so much that like she makes a big deal out of stick around. She's like, I'm not leaving. And then later on, they're like, uh, we told her to leave, but we can't find any evidence that she did. And they're like, Well, I mean, the ships are showing up. We'll just have to deal with that later. Yeah, Pike's like, what does he say? Uh, like we'll, we'll deal with that, that diplomatic, diplomatic incident later. Yeah. <laughs> She's hiding in the Enterprise's trunk. Yep. She climbed no, that, back into her cargo box. What I'm saying is that the team that they put on Discovery that's presumably going to the future, like, that's pretty much all gold. I don't think there's anyone there I don't care about because Lieutenant Ash Tyler didn't go. Mm -hmm. So that's nice. I mean, we don't know. If they replaced Bughead Guy with Linus, it would be my ideal team. Yeah, I was going to say, we don't know anything about uh, Bughead Guy. He might suck. That's true, but I I mean, I bet his breath doesn't sound as bad as... uh, as lieutenant, like I bet he doesn't. <sighs> I mean, it would be yeah. impossible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I kind of like the idea that they all got into the trouble. They're like, "All right, we're gonna go find Michael. We're gonna tell her that we're going with them." And then Bughead guy just sort of comes along with them, and they're trying to. What are you doing like, here? Hey guys, what uh, are we doing? Did anyone you doing invite? Here? Uh, did anyone invite Lester? <laughs> I, I I love Michael. I've been friends friends of Michael since she got on board the ship. Mm-hmm. Just happy to help out, you guys. It's always just standing in the background of scenes, like the opening yeah. credits mm-hmm. of Pinky and the Brain and Larry. <laughs> Hi, <laughs> I'm here too. Uh, same thing we do every night, Michael. <laughs> uh, turn into Gene over here. <laughs> yeah, get scrambled eggs on your on your vest. I, on my proboscis. Uh huh. That's a bug thing. Um, lay so... my eggs in your chest. <laughs> Matt, what was your bad? No, thing? I did not mean big head guy Star Trek. No, of course not. <laughs> to find this guy's name. Uh, it's the, you're just going to get matches on Adam Scott if you do that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Matt, what was your bad thing? Uh, so Paul and Hugh have a very nice scene together where they're sort of finally going their separate ways, and I'm just screaming at the TV, get back together, you dumb idiots. All you want to do is kiss, so kiss. I better fucking kiss next episode, or I'm going to wreck some shit up. <laughs> okay, but you know how this works, right? I don't care anymore. I want them to kiss now. Okay, it's but been all goddamn season we wait had to wait for fucking Hugh to come back to life, and then we had to wait for them to get back together. I'm sick of it. Fuck already. We're always talking about how emotional moments aren't earned, and they're actually like earning their reconciliation, and you're mad about it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe next episode Stamets dies, and then they got to bring him back to life next uh, year. Probably. Oh and well, then that episode, that next season, season three, Hugh's gonna die again, and then they got to bring him back. Yeah, I think probably. they should bond over how many times they've both died then. It's like how at the end of every season of Downton Abbey, either Anna or Mr. Bates would get arrested for murder. <laughs> That's true. Well, maybe in the movie they both get arrested for murder. Well, it's nice. They should share their interests together as a couple. Yeah, that's Getting true. falsely accused of murder, or possibly accurately. I don't remember that show very well. It was yeah, stupid, and I loved it. <laughs> um... You're not wrong, Matt. And also, uh, speaking of how badly uh, Star Trek treats its queer characters, you raised Mm -hmm. a very valid concern going into the finale. 
we head into the finale and Jet basically does the th- touches the time crystal and gets the uh the 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 flash of what's going to happen in the future. And I swear to fucking god, if you kill Jet Reno, yeah, Star the Trek, only lesbian in Star Trek. I look, the shit that I'm going to wreck up if they don't fuck or if they don't kiss next or fuck whatever, next <laughs> episode is nothing to compared to the shit I'm going to wreck up if you kill Jet Reno, you motherfuckers. Oh, you're not going to wreck up anything. Archer did so many bad things that we just like we're th- this franchise has beaten us down so hard. We're just say yes, sir. Okay. Yes, yeah, Star Trek. <laughs> I was frightfully angry when you murdered Jet Reno on your television show. Sincerely yours, Matt Robotham deceased. <laughs> I have never called his popularity. (laughs) (laughs) I hated the whole time crystals giving people future vision thing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that wasn't particularly Future vision, the new show on Disney Plus. Oh, God, yeah. The new show on CBS All Access. (laughs) Ugh. (laughs) Knowing what you know about WandaVision. Well, it's a terrible (laughs) title. (laughs) I wish the Visions show was about his uh, uh, depressing family that he built in the comics. That would be so much better, but that was, yep. you know, sort of a self-contained thing. Yeah, but he based his depressing wife's brain on Wanda's. Well, I mean... i call this right now. Paul Bettany is going to spend almost no time as the Vision in that show. <laughs> Not sitting in that makeup chair for eight hours just to do a no, why TV would show? <laughs> no, I'll just be a white dude with powers. <laughs> what am I, Michael Dorn? <laughs> hey. Uh, can I have a show on a streaming Sorry, service, I was just, please? Sorry, hey, I was uh, waiting CBS over here uh, handing out shows to uh, next generation people. Can I interest you in Captain Worf? Maybe a little bit of uh, Captain Worf for you? <laughs> How about this? Captain Worf. But have you considered maybe Captain Worf? Yep. Now, I don't know if he's going to be captain of a Starfleet ship or a Klingon ship. I'm going to leave those tough decisions up to you. But Captain Worf, let's do this. Ugh. I can bring my son, turn, Alexander. Turn off the lights. <laughs> hey, you didn't what? make the Alexander reference. I'm surprised. <laughs> it was right there. No, I just, I don't like the future vision thing. And one thing I hate that a lot of sort of genre shows do is like give someone psychic flashes of the big dramatic things that are going to happen in the finale to like mm. sort of tease the audience. That is such a played out thing for me and they did that here like look at all the exciting things that are gonna happen next week you know what i can wait till next week knock it off or i can wait till the end of the episode when you show me the next week on yeah they're not they're not exactly jj abrams with their with their uh, trailers we can usually work it out next i would love on star trek discovery pew 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 pew, pew, pew. lieutenant ash tyler is a murder and no I was one cares say, i would love if uh if jet reno picks up the time rocket it's like next week Lieutenant Ash Tyler is a murder. <laughs> and then he just gets to be on the ship anyway. All on Star Trek Discovery. Wait, wait, wait. I'm uh-huh. On Star Trek Discovery. Yes, of course. Uh, speaking of uh, unresolved cliffhangers, Brian, mm-hmm. your bad thing. All right, this is... Okay, so at one point, Captain Pike is standing on the ship. He's made his, he's made his little goodbye speech, and he says, Oh, one more thing before I go. Discovery's going to need a new captain. Uh-huh. And then it looks up, and there's the camera shows quick flashes of Spock, who we know it's not going to be, Michael mm-hmm. and Saru. And Saru's yeah. just standing there, and Michael sort of smiles at him, and I'm like, it's finally happening. For anybody that's been following me on Facebook, my, my Twitter name, or on, on Twitter, I freaking can't remember which one is which. Uh, <laughs> my Twitter name right now is literally, make Saru captain, you cowards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, not only do they smash cut to commercial... 
Yep. Which I listed as my bad thing before they even finished the scene. But somehow the scene got worse. Yep. Sure <laughs> because did. They say Discovery's gonna need a new captain, and then they stand around talking about nothing in particular for five minutes. Oh, and then Saru says, and then at the end, "Well, he... we can discuss this captain yeah. thing later. We have a we have a crisis to deal with right yeah, now." Yeah. At like, the very what? end of the scene, finally, Saru, who should be pulling out a gold sharpie and scribbling stripes on his shoulders, fuck, <laughs> <laughs> like, man, has Excuse this in my me. pocket for six months. Excuse now. me, scribbling stripes on his slender shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. Yes. Um. But it, no, and then uh, Pike goes, Saru, you have the con while Michael leads you into the wormhole, which is the most mealy-mouthed way of not assigning a captain ever. Yeah. <laughs> no, and they like, want us and to... let's just save the official captain assignment for after the events are done. I'm like, no, it should be you. It should yeah. be you. Because Michael would be absolutely incapable if she didn't have any authority to rebel against. Yeah. Michael is a convicted felon. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. okay, she was reinstated, but the felony still stands. Mm -hmm. Also, she's only a lieutenant commander. Saru is the commander. He's been uh, the acting captain, quote unquote. He's been the first officer, like, just experience wise and yeah. rank wise. He even said, and, like, in the last episode, like, uh, since losing my ganglia, I may have become a different type of captain, but. Yeah. Um, so, like, like he, he knows. Everybody knows. Every He's yeah. already the goddamn captain. Yeah. He's no. just been sharing his ship with somebody because he's nice. <laughs> I would put money on the fact that he's not going to be the captain. And I don't know yeah. why, but I just feel like they don't want to make him captain for some reason. That's I mean, ridiculous. Of the people, yeah, it, it could be the only other one that I wouldn't really bother me is if um, they put Admiral Cornwell in charge for a season. Yeah, if it yeah, can't be, be Saru, that would be all right. Yeah, because I like her. She's good. She's uh, yeah. she, she's interesting. The fact yeah. that she's got like a, 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 a counseling medical science background is I think that brings a it's lot unusual of for a commander. Janeway kind of had one, but she went into commander. Yeah, she was early. a scientist. So it was more like yeah, it was it was, but it, that was like her hobby, yeah. um, her interest. Whereas mm -hmm. Cornwell was like that's how she came up through the ranks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, no, I like that about her, and I think which that makes would make her, her an interesting diplomat, diplomat. And like yeah. yeah. No, but um, if it's Michael, it's just no. She's it doesn't make sense. She and she's she's good at her job, but. Her job is getting orders and occasionally ignoring those orders, but usually occasionally, good, well, almost always, constantly, but yes. usually for a good reason. If she's the mm. one making the decisions, the bad yeah. decision is going to be the first thing that happens. Oh, the ship's going to sacrifice itself every single week. <laughs> yeah, she's there's, just every every mission's time, a kamikaze mission. There's not enough time to fly this ship to every place it could explode in the entire universe. <laughs> yeah. I do like that she tries to do her bullshit martyr thing and everyone steps up and says, yeah, you know what? Not this time. <laughs> We're all martyrs this We're time. We're going with you. Then maybe you can come back because you'll have like a team to back you up and it's not just you, dummy. You'll have my phaser and my tricorder and my axe. Did you find an axe in the future? We're just lying here. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh, Saru's carrying around that knife that he's caressing the whole episode. <laughs> it's, it's the bughead guy. He's just got an axe. <laughs> Where'd you get an axe? Yeah. Found it. <laughs> you guys don't know about my backstory. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> you guys don't know about my backstory. Yeah. <laughs> Part of my culture is that we all have big axes. I We're willing like, to cutting down firewood. I feel like Saru, the reason he doesn't get to be captain is because he walks around stroking a knife like a supervillain all the time. <laughs> well, as I pointed out, Doug Jones can't hold anything without caressing it. It's just what his fingers do. Well, I mean, he, when he walks around, he caresses the air behind him. Like, Yep. <laughs> you might be onto something there. No, I think we decided a few weeks ago that he's uh, like he's generating clean energy for the ship the way he walks. 
But it was in Pan's <laughs> Labyrinth. He was caressing his own face. <laughs> uh, I was disappointed that when the Discovery people went over to the Enterprise, they did not immediately change into original series uniforms. I would really love to see that. Yeah. yeah. On the one hand, like I said, it's because Pike only changed when he was officially reassigned. He spent that whole first episode wearing his Enterprise uniform. Mm. But on the yeah, other hand, on. I want to see these people all wearing yeah. colors. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, we switch back to... Uh, Get Jet Reno a red I've... shirt. Yes. Yeah, right? I would love that. No, they, they they run back to Disco so fucking quickly, no one even has time to unpack. It amazes me that the, the ship, they try to blow up the ship, and the ship is protecting itself with the super advanced technology that's going to develop into AI, and all of these science geniuses are surprised. Like, wait, these, this uh, sphere data can defend itself? Who Who knew? Just, I don't know. It was. Oh, turns out we should have just left a bomb there. Yeah, <laughs> I should have just had a big round bomb and lit the fuse, <laughs> and then just fuse through lights fuse, the fuse and jogs off the ship. No, mm-hmm. fuse goes all the way out to the, out to the Enterprise, <laughs> yeah. down one of those little hallways. That would be amazing. <laughs> and then they all just sit there with their ears plugged. Yep, get one of those round bombs. In space. It's fun. So classic. I don't round know where bombs. my ears are. I think it's these holes <laughs> on the front of my face. You're try- I'm trying to plug my ears with my axe. It's not working. I looked him up, by the way. His name is Alien Bridge Officer. His name is Busby. <laughs> I would love if his name was Alien Bridge. Like, that was his actual name. I don't know. It's just a coincidence. I was just like... And uh, uh, you're Mr. Alan Bridge Officer. Uh, it's pronounced Alien. Alien Bridge Officer. It's a weird mm-hmm. coincidence, but, you know, not on my planet, because I'm not mm. one there. Yeah, of the of the Rigel Six Bridge Officers. Come on. <laughs> Why is my sister named Rose? Well, so, well, sweetie, we named you that because your mother loves roses. Thanks. No problem, alien bridge officer. <laughs> <laughs> this is great because they're trying to make him sound like... I'm sorry, I'm just reading Memory Alpha now. They're trying to make him sound like he's like... In, in November 2256, this officer was speaking to a female officer in the corridor outside Cadet T- Tilly's quarters when oh, Saru offered, offered Michael Burnham blueberries. <laughs> like that's that, you don't have to say that. Just say uh, it's a background character. Mm-hmm. No, that's memory alpha in a nutshell, right there. Yeah, After no Alien's death, this officer attended her funeral. The first mm-hmm. nutshell appeared in Star Trek in the original series, <laughs> episode two thirty eight. Well, the first but freestanding, freestanding nutshell. nutshells yeah. did not appear until. <laughs> Uh, what else? I feel like we're not talking about this episode very much. We well, finally. Is, it had a lot oh. of good moments, but really, yeah. not a lot happened. Yeah, it's all it was. It's all character stuff and sort of discussing what we're going to do going forward. So yeah, it's like the uh, three paragraph essay. They they're first mm. they're saying what they're going to do, then they'll do it, then they'll tell you what they did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we finally finally got a scene with Michael and Tilly, and I was so oh, yeah. Yeah. happy. Like, Do these two even know each other? I have been waiting so. I love like I say this every week, but I love these characters so much, and I love seeing them do stuff together. You know, just <laughs> friends being friends, and we yeah. have seen so little of Michael and Tilly together because all Michael does is talk to Spock and Pike, mm-hmm. and just like you know, you guys have all these great characters. I want to see them do shit. And yep. we finally get to see Tilly basically comes to, to Michael's quarters to like, we haven't seen each other all year. And I'm like, that's what I've been saying. Mm-hmm. And then they hug and then they're all like, now we're coming to the we're coming to the future with you. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> more Tilly. Mm-hmm. It won't be more, like the finale is going to have so many things going on. You're not going to get like, I think that's probably why they added this episode, because I bet it's all action. Like, yeah, that and, wouldn't surprise me. And big plot payoffs, because that's how finales work. Yeah. So. 
Uh, I got to play my uh, oh, yeah. I got to play my fun. Um, uh, is it Michael Burnham or Jughead game a few times with the voiceovers? <laughs> <laughs> she says, "I look in the mirror and can hardly recognize myself. All of these questions without answers. That could totally be a Jughead line." <laughs> Oh, and there's a point where she says, trust the mystery. That's another one. Like, what? Oh, yeah, Shut up, was, Michael. That was real Jughead. Might yeah. as well be the motto for this entire show. Trust the wear, mystery. Maybe, maybe she could wear a crown beanie next season. I'll be fine with that. Well, I mean, number one has eaten more cheeseburgers than Jughead Jones has on Riverdale, so. <laughs> she does love her cheeseburgers. God That's help her, she does. One thing we know about her. Number one has a cheeseburger mom. <laughs> Going in on that cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. There is one other thing I want to talk about, but uh, I, I think it would be better to play me, uh, the quote first. Uh, if you don't, okay, if we could do that here. Yeah. Do you have any kind of setup for this, or just? <laughs> oh, I think the clip speaks for. No, this is um. <laughs> if this is the clip from Mac and Me, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying it, it was all I could do to stop myself from making a little copy of one of the things from like a, a, a Fry and Laurie uh, control and Tony sketch, mm-hmm. uh, which audience please go ahead and look that up because it's just Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie doing the most terribly written like espionage stuff ever like if a five-year-old wrote a spy story mm-hmm. and one of them is named Control and it's like every time they say Control's name on this show I that's the only thing I can think of like yep I'm a spy I'm going to overthrow the government oh Control Anyway, it's not that. It's uh, them sitting around a conference table, just uh, having a little brainstorming session. If we could locate an unstable red giant... The odds of finding one in any given sector are pretty high. But pretty low of finding one in a supernova state specifically. It can take hundreds of years. So pick a nova and fire an antimatter missile into its core. We would be directly responsible for destroying all life within dozens of light years, if not more. Yep. Uh, We're not doing that. I thought there were no bad ideas. That's a lie. That's a bad one. Yeah, that would have been uh, th- that or Poe saying, uh, fuck off, Emperor Giorgio. Like, I love everyone yeah. smacking her down in this episode. So yeah, much. right. What it says, I I haven't really liked Giorgio this season because she's been yeah, doing neither. Section 31 stuff and, like, all Section yeah. 31 stuff, you know, from whether it's from uh, the, the Abrams movies or from Deep Space Nine or anytime Section 31 has shown up, it... Th- all they do is stand around wearing black and being smug and superior to everybody. And so mm-hmm. I just loved that for once, she's now out of her element. Now she's just somebody in the conference room. She's not the fancy yeah. operative. And everybody's just like, shut up, God, you are terrible at everything. Once <clears throat> she's out of an idiom where she can just murder everybody she wants, she doesn't yeah. know how to handle herself. When Michael's yeah. talking about sacrificing herself, Giorgio's following her down the corridor going, this is stupid. Why are you doing something so stupid? Yep. <laughs> no, I'm glad the show is saying what I think because mm-hmm. they, they they kept trying to make her this like sort of anti-hero who yeah. wants to supernova, you know, like like in the quote, like make a supernova and kill like uh, billions of people. Just That's fine. That's just a thought she has. And if she yeah. was talking to Leland on the Section 31 ship, she'd be like, you'd be like, yes, that's definitely something we could do. And Ash Tyler would be like, <laughs> he'd be like, <gasps> <laughs> But over here, everybody's just like, what? No. Yeah. Now we have, like, the good team for a change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your, your, your hard decisions that no one else is willing to make just makes you look lazy here, Georgia. <laughs> I'm so sick of that argument in, like, everything. You know yeah, what? right? At this point, the hard decision is doing the right thing, for Christ's sake. Yeah. What if we, I swear to God, if you're about to say blow something up, blow something up. <laughs> <laughs> no, blow everything up. Now. Yeah. Shut up. I was going to say not 
blow something. <laughs> Come on, up. we've got all these round bombs. <laughs> <laughs> They're just gonna fall out of the open garage door if we don't do something with it's them. It's like that shot from Trouble with Tribbles where uh, where Kirk opens up the thing and all the all yeah. the round bombs, all the bombs fall on him. Yeah. Except they've all got steel casings. Ow! 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 I think I think my favorite thing about Giorgio in this episode was something Matt pointed out, which is that she's doing uh, TV's she's wearing, Frank uh, cosplay. Yeah, for some so she's been wearing a we- a different weird leather black thing all year. Yeah. Usually and very this- bondage flavored. Yeah, right. And this week, she's basically just dressed like TV's Frank. Mm-hmm. Bada beam, living in deep 13. <laughs> yeah, after they, they shot down her supernova idea, I figured I, she was going to go, <laughs> No, I was, I'm waiting for, the, for that big, the big fight next week where they're like, ready all weapons. Push the button, Giorgio. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Matt, if you turn section 31 around, deep oh my 13. God. Oh my god, Whoa. it makes sense. It's a good it's all of this is good now. Section yes. thirty one is great. <laughs> Section thirty one equals deep thirteen. I knew it. Fucking I have to it. say, it makes just about as much sense as Deep Thirteen, which is an evil organization that just sort of lives underground and does nothing in particular. Yep. What do you want? They're evil. <laughs> <laughs> We're evil. Yeah. Deep hurting. Well, <laughs> that is what section thirty one. That was that was kind of the beginning of the series, walking around in a desert. Yep. That's true. Rock climbing. <laughs> okay. Anything else? Uh, I did have one final thing. People talk a lot about how this uh, this show has uh, more advanced technology than the later show. And I've mm-hmm. been very much on record as saying that's a stupid complaint because, um, you know, we currently, now, in 2019, have better technology than a lot of Star Trek The Next Generation did, for yeah. instance. Yeah, which is why so, they like, shouldn't be setting stories there because well, every time a, you yeah, focus the, on it, it gets complicated you know yeah but also like you know it's it's sci-fi like it just changes a little deal with it there is however one advanced piece of technology they have here that they did not have in later series and i wanted to draw specific attention to it when everybody was packing up to leave the ship they put all of their clothing and supplies and belongings and stuff into just regular bags instead of weird plastic cylinders oh yeah (laughs) and uh i really i really appreciated that because my least favorite prop my uh, spinning fan or short shovel or all these miscellaneous things mm-hmm. was, was the stupid TNG Deep Space Nine era d- duffel bags or duffel cases, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. that could fit nothing. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about because they're not flexible in any way. So you can fit, you know, mm-hmm. like exactly what it fits and that's it. It doesn't stretch out or, or anything. Yeah, no, and it, they, well, they, they, they're uncomfortable and cumbersome so far and... in the future. They, yeah. they would be annoying to store, and uh, so I just wanted to, uh, because I've never been on an episode where one of those has been featured, but I hate mm-hmm. them so much, I just wanted to take this opportunity to uh, compliment Discovery for just, you know, bag technology has honestly not changed that much over the past, I don't know, 4,000 years. Yeah, <laughs> nor does it need to. We we pretty much got them right the first time. Um, not everything you know, needs to look zippers futuristic. and whatnot, but... Yeah. Sometimes the salt shakers don't have to look like sci-fi devices. Right. <laughs> no, they look like the Enterprise. <laughs> no, the pizza cutter looks like the Enterprise. Come on. I have that pizza no, cutter, and it's horrible, but I yeah, still it is, love it. Yeah. I also have that pizza cutter, but I've never used it to cut pizza, because it's very nice. Maybe if no, I the had, Enterprise... like, crazy Doug Jones fingers, I could use it more yeah, effectively. Right. But... Then you just be caressing it all the time. Yes. <laughs> no, the, the shape of the Enterprise does not lend itself to so many of the things that they they uh, turn into merchandise. Like, I had a uh, Starship Enterprise phone, and <laughs> How? the nacelles just wanted to snap off all the time. 
yeah, it's 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 a not a the best designed ship for stuff no. like that. No, well, that was the the entire not. point when it was being designed was to make it look like sort of unusual, like something that could only exist in space and something yeah. that mm-hmm. would be it could not be anything other than what it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then and they then tried popular. to you know turn it into pizza cutters and telephones. So. Should have stuck with Christmas ornaments. Yeah, uh-huh. it's a Christmas ornaments. That at least at least Can- that's canonical. Yeah, that is canon. Absolutely, they hid on a Christmas tree. That that happened. Oh God! Yeah. Would you like to hide on a Christmas tree? <laughs> uh, and those guys could swing on a star, but instead they chose to swing on a Christmas tree. <laughs> I think swinging on a star is how you travel back in time in the fourth movie, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, since we're already talking of Christmas and we're near the ep- end of the episode, Brian, why don't you tell <laughs> us about your podcast? Uh, yes, if you uh, are into uh, the idea of hearing people talk about some of the. Uh, strangest uh, Christmas films ever made, uh, and I guess some regular ones also, but as I have learned, they're mostly very strange. <laughs> uh, go ahead and listen to Tinseltown, the holiday movie podcast, available on the iTunes uh, and anywhere fine podcasts are sold. We have a uh, Tumblr going at holidaymovies.tumblr.com or tinseltown.libsyn.com. Uh, most recently, we've done uh, Rise of the Guardians, the uh, which is actually an Easter movie that just happens to have Santa Claus as a main character. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, a movie called Merry Friggin' Christmas uh, oh, recently, which was if you're thinking, wow, that sounds like a bad movie. Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> so, okay, but is it better or worse than the William Shatner debacle that you made us sit? Through? Actually, that's a good point. Yeah, if you guys uh, go back to uh, what was that like episode fifty one? It was would have been it was right around, around Christmas right fifty five. So. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, that was uh, Matt and Al joined uh, uh, Flonk and I to discuss um, a Christmas horror story, which I described in the notes as a uh, Canadian freeform jazz horror anthology. <laughs> that's about right. and I described as not very good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was was pretty bad. Uh, I will actually say, and this is a little presumptuous for me because I haven't actually talked to them yet, but uh, I'm going to be having a guest month coming up in uh, uh, June. I hope you guys will uh, join me for solo episodes again. Absolutely. I love doing Tinseltown. I will say that, uh, Matt, since uh, you didn't get to choose last time, uh, if you wanted to do Ghostbusters 2, it's yours. Oh, oh, that's happening. Because that's a New Year's movie. We also do New Year's and Thanksgiving, so the whole holiday season. And, oh, fuck, uh, I gotta check and make sure it's still on Netflix. Al, you can make a request. Or I, I, have, I have randomized one for you, and it is something. I, the thing is, I, I sat through so many things I didn't want to watch on that's, this no, own that's show why, already. That's why I always give guests the opportunity to choose. It's, so. it's like we're coming up. As soon as we run out of Discovery, we're going to start doing one-offs. And I'm dreading that so much because I've sat through so much garbage I don't want to <laughs> see in this form of most of Voyager and all of Enterprise. Like, I don't want to watch things I don't like. I've, I like, I have mm-hmm. limited time. I would much rather watch something I kind of enjoy or is terrible in a way that I can make fun of. But just bad, I don't have time for, you know? I was thinking of uh, bringing along Tales of the Gold Monkey, but then I found out that stars Stephen Collins, and I don't want to talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Ah, Captain Decker. No. <laughs> oh. This week on Decker. <laughs> <laughs> A guy seems really boring and then turns out to be terrible 30 years in the future. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's the plot of a lot of dudes from the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's we the do... plot of a lot of dudes. 
Yep. We do have a lot of those uh, uh, one-offs coming up, though, because there won't be any Star Trek for a while. But before mm-hmm. that, uh, we will have a supplemental uh, that's coming up in two weeks. So if yes. you want to write to us, if you have any thoughts, any any things you think we haven't talked about correctly on the show, any points of clarification. Uh, if you want to talk about Endeavor oh, at all. Oh, oh, I'm going to write in and tell you guys what the difference is between tactical and security. I'm going to delete that email. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that is uh, the email address is postatomicor at gmail. We would love to hear from you. That that's happening soon. Uh, mm-hmm. Our website is ever uh, postatomicor.com. Our Tumblr postatomicor.tumblr.com. We are on Twitter at Algar at Robot Matt. Uh, Brian, you want to give your Twitter? Uh, yes, uh, Twitter at uh, Arthur Abland uh, for uh, my personal stuff or Tinseltown Mayor for my podcast stuff. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, uh, also, uh, if you guys are sort of interested in. Um, uh, the uh, sort of a minor supporting character on uh, Discovery or any other Star Trek show he feels like talking about, uh, you might want to follow uh, Ensign Sad Sack. It's a uh, little account that I found and have nothing to do with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also on a <laughs> uh, show called Endeavor. Uh, well, what is this I, uh, now? It's a uh, it's 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 like a real nerd thing. Mm. I feel like these two facts might be related, but I don't want to commit to that just yet. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, it's, it's a uh, very lovely uh, Star Trek podcast uh, on which uh, I uh, play a variety of uh, miscellaneous roles. And uh, the yeah, second this episode is our, was uh, quite lovely. This is our um, uh, fanfic project. And uh, yes. we presented to you, I said, you can play like sort of uh, different guys every time, or we can find you sort of a semi-recurring thing. It's your choice. And mm-hmm. you said you wanted to be like... The sort of utility guest star, so uh, yes. that's what you are. Yes, that's that's what I enjoy doing, uh, yeah. and I've been very much enjoying it. Uh, the the one thing I'll say is that if you listen to uh, the episode, we had uh, there's a uh, Cardassian bartender, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I wanted to play him like Garrick, like all Cardassians that work service jobs are secretly spies. But mm-hmm. <laughs> it turned out my Garrick impression was too good, and it just sounded like it was him. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll actually... see if we can rework that guy a little bit. I actually gave myself a tiny uh, uh, appearance as a Cardassian in episode three, which will be forthcoming. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I made him uh, Garrick minus about 25% of the gay. And Matt <laughs> said, so like 125% gay then? Like, yeah, right. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> Still very, very gay. Just not, uh-huh. not quite as much as Garrick. Uh, but that is at ussendeavor.com and, and all of the usual places. And mm-hmm. uh, please check it out. We are very proud of that work. Yeah. Uh, and, and if you like that work and this show, you can subscribe to our Patreon. Oh, yeah, that thing. That's at, uh, uh, what is it, uh, Patreon, Patreon slash Algar? Slash Algar, yes. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, there's there's various uh, rewards. You can get this show early. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you donate at the very highest tier, you can actually pick something for us to watch. Because yes. I don't like to give up control of this show, so you have to give us a lot of money to, to say what we do. Because I don't mm-hmm. want to watch something terrible. But, yeah. Uh, but there there is a price. We do have a price. <laughs> And it is twenty bucks a month. You can choose something. So uh, if you like what we do, uh, anything, any amount helps, and we there, appreciate it. Yes, of course. There, there are caveats to that. We have to be able to find it, and it can't be deadly games. Yes, those I are the would. rules. I would never. <laughs> I would. Well, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> All no, right, honestly, that's all... a time tunnel. That's okay. <laughs> I, that's fine. Well, one of the things, and we'll talk about this, but one of the things uh, we have is uh, we're going to be sort of alternating decades. We're going to do something from the 60s, then the 70s, yeah. then the 80s. That way we don't get sort of locked in any one era or any one sort of, you know, Al didn't want to end up show. having to watch a whole bunch of uh, action-packed shows from UPN. Yeah, that is exactly it. So we're going to mix it up a little. And that, and I imagine not a ton of people are going to have stuff from the 60s, so that's that's your time to shine there. I will. I will. I 
freaking love the time tunnel. Although I am eyeballing my Jack of All Trades DVD collection that I have. <sighs> oh man! If look, if you don't suggest it, I will. I fucking love Jack of All Trades. I've got Can that and Briscoe County off. Junior right next to each other. Oh, oh, God. Briscoe County Junior. You know what? I think Where the sh- I think four hundred four hours long. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think 401 episodes is a good legacy. I think we're done. <laughs> uh, join us next week for the disco finale. Our friend Irish Gav will be here. And until then, see you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Elgar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2019. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.